From the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is Please Explain. I'm Hannah Mills-Turbot. It's Friday, December 16. Earlier this year, a royal commission into the robo-debt scheme was established. Its aim? To explore how a government scheme which once promised $3.9 billion in savings turned out to be a landmark scandal in public administration. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison was Social Services Minister when the robo-debt scheme was being planned and Treasurer when it was implemented. And this week, he appeared before the Commission as a witness. His performance has been described as a train wreck. At one point, the Commissioner asked him if he was even listening. Today, Federal political reporter Angus Thompson on Scott Morrison's appearance before the Robodebt Royal Commission and what's likely to happen next. Angus, before we get into this week's Royal Commission hearings into the federal government's robo-debt scheme, I want to talk about the scheme itself. What was it and what was the point of it? So the robo-debt scheme was essentially a welfare crackdown. The idea of it was basically conceived in late 2014 as a way to find more than a billion dollars in budget savings by devising an automated method to find out if a welfare recipient, say someone on JobKeeper for example, had been paid more than they should have, and then go and issue a debt for what the government uh, believed that person owed. So what the government did was try and find discrepancies between someone's annual income as declared by the ATO against what had been declared to Centrelink. If there was a difference, they would issue a please explain. Quite often that person didn't come back to them because they were a bit surprised at receiving the letter in the first place. And then the government basically used a method called income averaging to calculate the debt. What we have found out was that this method was fundamentally flawed. Basically what they did was average ATO data over 26 fortnights presuming the income was uniform across those fortnights. If you're a casual worker, that's probably not going to be the case. Then they put the onus on the recipient to actually dispute that. And Angus, nearly half a million Australians received these debt notices. Can you tell me a bit about who they were and how it affected them? These were vulnerable Australians. They were people on casual work, intermittent work, students, people that clearly needed a safety net in place to help them uh, navigate life and and make sure that they uh, were receiving support. Uh, And what they got were debts worth thousands of thousands of dollars issued by the government. And and not only did that put them in financial strife, but it really had a huge effect on a lot of people's mental health, their, their confidence, their trust in the government. And tragically, families of certain recipients say that it even led them to suicide because of the situation they were put in that they believe that they owe the government thousands and thousands of dollars. So a Royal Commission was eventually established to look into the scheme and what went wrong. And just this week, former Prime Minister Scott Morrison appeared before the Commission to give evidence. He was Social Services Minister when the scheme was being planned and Treasurer when it was implemented. So what did he have to say? Look, it's not every day you get a former Prime Minister facing some pretty harsh questions uh, in a public inquiry. What we need to know is basically in late 2019, the federal government settled a case with one welfare recipient challenging their debt and consequently settled a class action for $1.2 billion the following year. Judges in those cases said the scheme was clearly illegal because the way in which the debts were raised were invalid. The big question for Scott Morrison during 
the inquiry was lots of public servants were aware of this beforehand. Why wasn't he? Here's what he said. He says he wasn't told. To break that down, we know through the hearings so far that Morrison was made aware of legal issues and the need to introduce specific legislation if the scheme were to go ahead. But that information didn't appear in the final policy proposal that he took to Cabinet. And he relied on a checkbox that had basically been ticked to say there were no legal issues. Now, the Commissioner, Catherine Holmes, asked him, why didn't you just ask your department to clear these things up? He said he didn't feel the need because he trusted them implicitly to resolve that issue. And the Commissioner, Catherine Holmes, was pretty frustrated with Scott Morrison's behaviour throughout his appearance, wasn't she? Look, that was uh, definitely an aspect of of the hearing throughout the day. Both uh, Catherine Holmes and uh, Justin Gregory had to really pick Morrison up on the way in which he was answering questions. He was definitely using it uh, in some ways as a bit of an unofficial press conference to state his position on on various things. And uh, they had to pull him up and say, you're not answering the question. Uh, Also, uh, could you please stop interrupting uh, Mr. Morrison? A couple of points, he was uh, warned from straying into um, parliamentary privilege uh, issues he wasn't allowed to go to. One of the things that was certainly clear from Scott Morrison's evidence this week was that he certainly wasn't apologetic for the implementation of the scheme that he believed was completely lawful uh, and needed uh, at the time. One of my colleagues actually spoke to a few victims uh, of the robo-debt scheme this week and they'd been watching on to see Scott Morrison give his evidence and they certainly weren't expecting an apology out of this, uh, but nonetheless they were disappointed I believe, at the way in which he gave his evidence and didn't think he'd really learned from the experience. As many were hoping uh, that he, as a former minister overlooking the scheme, possibly should have. And let's talk about some of the other evidence we've heard this week. What did former Minister for Human Services Maurice Payne tell the inquiry? Now, Senator Payne's evidence uh, was the day before Scott Morrison, so it was a bit of a warm-up to him. Basically, if we could uh, summarise it, She also said she didn't know how the legal advice had fallen off the page, which is a similar answer uh, to the Department of Human Services Secretary, Catherine Campbell, who was heading up the department during the inception of the scheme. She gave similar evidence to that effect uh, in the last fortnight. One of the grand themes that has arisen out of the hearing so far is this perceived inability uh, for public servants to speak up and provide candid advice to the ministers that oversee their portfolios. And this was basically put to Morrison towards the end of his uh, evidence as a bit of a proposition. He had said multiple times during the day that it was, it was unthinkable, un- inconceivable uh, that he wouldn't have been told. Uh, so Justin Gregory uh, put to him, well, maybe due to a range of factors, uh, your departmental staff didn't feel that they could bring this fairly frank and fearless advice to you and, and perhaps due to a number of factors, they, they lack the courage to do so. He dismissed that straight off and said, well, uh, no, it would have been my expectation for them to carry out their duties basically as departmental officials and, and make me aware of, of this. But it did raise a very interesting point about perhaps some of the causes uh, behind what has happened here. You've sat through days of these hearings, I think. Is there anything else of note during the last couple of weeks of this Royal Commission? 
Absolutely. One of the things that caused a bit of a stir were revelations uh, that staff within the Department of Human Services were actually heavily involved in 2017 with helping the the ombudsman, the independent body looking into the robotics scheme, helping the ombudsman actually craft their report uh, into the scheme. Uh, a lot of people found that surprising that an independent watchdog, so to speak, would be uh, given a bit, a bit of a steer as to the content of their final report uh, into the scheme by the very people uh, that they were investigating. So I think that raised a few eyebrows. Angus, what is the ultimate aim of this Royal Commission? And what do you think victims of the robo-debt scheme hope will come out of it? Well, I think the important thing to note at the moment is uh, we've got a few more hearings uh, to go into the new year before we get the full picture. But I think we can safely say now is the big question we want to answer is how was this able to happen? How did we find ourselves in a situation where a lot of people knew this thing to be illegal and uh, invalid, inaccurate? Uh, how did such a scheme get the green light uh, and end up causing harm to so many people? That is the big question I think the Commission is trying to answer. And I think a lot of victims will be looking for a resolution there. But I think people will be looking for an assurance at the end of the day that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Uh, so whatever the findings produced by the Royal Commission uh, and whatever they recommend should be done going forward, I think uh, what people are looking for is an expectation uh, from the government of the day that they adopt those findings and, and recognise what has happened here and ensure that it doesn't happen again. It's a complex topic. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Angus. Thank you very much. Today's episode of Please Explain was produced by me, Hannah Mills Turbot. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Hannah Mills Turbot. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening.